0: Long Island ice teas, but your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better Call Saul, Better Call Saul. You wanna tell Ladies and gentlemen, this is It's All Good, Man, The Better. Better Call Saul podcast. My name is Brian and with me, as always, is my buddy Dave. Dave, how's it going this evening? Pretty Good. And with us uh in studio, actually in the studio with Dave is uh Tom. Tom, how's it going? Not bad. How's it going with you? Doing good. Tom is a musician in Julia, Illinois, and uh, him and Dave actually collaborated and uh put together a new theme song for this very podcast. That's right. Debuts next week. Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I, I've heard it, I think it's great, and then I heard the second version with autotune. Don't auto tune it.
1: Okay. <laughs> auto-tune <laughs> it sounds so We're thinking about re-recording the vocals, maybe Mm -hmm. getting a a real singer or something, but um, yeah, we we were holding off until the uh, debut of Season 2 will be the debut of our new theme song, and whether I fix it or not, it's still going to be on there, because you know that's how we roll.
0: Right, absolutely. So make sure to listen for that next week. It should be a lot of fun, and the reason that we're doing that is because uh, we've kind of been borrowing Junior Brown's Better Call Saul song from about a year and a half to 2 years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And we wanted to have our own. We wanted to keep the kind of the same feel and vibe, but I mean we want to have
0: our own theme song. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you guys did a wonderful job. Uh so we're actually waiting uh we're waiting for Michael Mando to call in. So while we're doing that, we can discuss some uh you know, discuss a few things about the upcoming season of Better Call Saul starts February 15th on AMC. Uh before we do get into that, I'd like to point everybody to our friends at the West Coast Project. West Coast Project is a podcast by our buddy Mike. Totally cool dude, right, Dave?
1: Yeah, he's awesome. He does a lot of cool shows, um, a lot of these recap fan shows about a lot of different popular TV shows that people watch, and he's kind of made his own network out of it.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, I, I wonder, uh, we, we should have him back on. I know one of his big shows right now is his podcast about making a murderer, which is something I, have, I haven't seen yet at all
1: i've seen 40 minutes of the first episode i watched
2: all of it i've read enough oh well we have someone in studio who's watched it it seems like the whole show is just like a staged reality tv show and i don't think i believe or trust anybody
0: that was on the entire series hey coffee drinkers why are you standing in line paying way too much for fast food coffee get yourself some real coffee from tugboat coffee tugboat coffee is real direct trade specialty coffee roasted by master roaster and founder eric Barkley. i know he does it i've seen him myself no more paying 20 dollars for a shot of espresso and a bunch of sugar milk get real artisan coffee at www.tugboatcoffee.com that's www.tugboatcoffee.com All right, Dave we already have a couple uh a couple predictions are you ready yeah man all right Benjamin Montereth uh I hope I pronounced that correctly because this is now the fifth time I've actually said his name and I don't think I've said it the same or correctly anytime <laughs> I've said it but but he's a listener of our show he says he enjoys the show and he is predicting that Huell shows up in season two that's which I would like to see right exactly I would like to see Huel. I often say I wonder what happened to Huell but I'd also like to see how Huel became Huel. That's interesting to me. Yes. Hmm. Indeed. Mm, yes. Yeah. I think if Huel does show up though, he would also probably come paired with Kuby. Um maybe this is how they meet. Like, like you think like Kuby and uh and Huel are buddies, and then they run into Mike and Saul?
1: Yeah, maybe something like that. Or maybe Mike recruits them separately for a gig.
0: Or
2: maybe they got into trouble, and in the way they get themselves out of what they owe Saul is by doing some mm. dirty work for
1: Kind of like when Mike grabs the money from the Kettleman's.
0: Ah, look at there. I'm kind of psychic. No Senner- big deal. No big deal. Synergy. <laughs> mm. yes, Chad sure. Ingalls from Twitter. His prediction is one that I think I made. Is a uh, Hank. Chad writes, Hank gets drawn in when his wife hires Jimmy on the down low after a run-in
1: with the law. You said that I, in the last episode. Yes, you do agree with that. And I said that's I'd, a very damn plausible thing.
0: <laughs> well, apparently Chad agrees with us. And if there's one thing I know about Chad Ingalls is that he is always correct about everything. So I'm going to go with his prediction. <laughs> it's now, it's Even though I said that like two episodes ago, it is now Chad's prediction And uh, I stand with Chad. Okay, well, I'm going to say he hires or she hires
1: Kim Wexler.
0: Ooh, Ooh. that's nice. (laughs) Girl, girl, girl power and all that, right?
1: That's right. That's right. Well, I did read something, a a little thing that said that uh, uh, Jimmy and Kim's relationship takes a different turn. Mm. So it either sours or they start banging. I want to go with sours.
0: Yeah, see, I, I don't I don't think they start like uh banging because like, they like the relationship didn't seem all that overtly romantic. Right. I think maybe they're like uh you know, like teenagers before they kissed, there's like that like awkward dance that they do. Mm-hmm. But then I, I think he does something that's repugnant enough to where it kind of turns her off and she starts distancing herself from uh Jimmy. Or she dies. Well she little dies. Abrupt. Whichever. That's
2: just kind of crazy right there.
0: It happens in this hey. kind of show. Hey, yeah. YOLO and shit, Tom. YOLO.
1: <laughs> hey. It was all YOLO. I believe in reincarnation,
0: mm-hmm. so that phrase is an affront to my sensibilities. Wow. Hey, I'm i I'm just saying. She was YOLOing and then she eventually lowed. That's just <laughs> yes. the way it goes, man. <laughs> no, she's no low. She's YOLO no, 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 no. mo. <laughs> YOLO no, no. Wait, you'd have
2: to change the letters. It doesn't work that way. YOLO
0: no mo, dude. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, Benjamin and Chad, thank you so much for participating. Yeah, you guys, guys are thanks the first for the two. Thanks for the tweets. Yeah, nah. right on. No, that's awesome. We need more of that, right? Like, yeah, absolutely, we're we going into season two. We want
1: to hear your opinions. Don't just parrot what we're saying back at us. This isn't sports talk radio <laughs> in Chicago, guys. Yeah, argue you know,
0: with us. I don't know what <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm just sorry. saying, I stole, I stole my ideas from Chad. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I am just being contrarian to just be contrarian. In 100% honesty, I totally see the uh, Hank's wife uh, and Jimmy in a legal uh, partnership services. Uh, well,
0: well, I guess we'll have to see. So uh, coming up after, after the break, check out our sponsors, and then uh, we talk to Michael Mando, who is Nacho on Better Call Saul.
1: Like your food with a little extra kick? Try Cuban Sriracha hot sauce by the Pepper Jelly Company out of Miami, Florida. Cuban Sriracha is an artisan sriracha with a Cuban flair will spice up any dish. A family recipe passed down from the Diaz family right to yours. You can taste the tradition and the heat. Pick up your bottle of Pepper Jelly Company's Cuban Sriracha at www.pepperjellycompany.com. That's www.pepperjellycompany.com. All right, Dave, you there? I'm here. All right, all right, we got
0: Michael on the phone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insert applause and in post <laughs> yeah michael we're 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 glad we finally got you for uh anybody that's uh listening right now uh, has probably heard that uh you know me talk about with past uh, episodes and interviews, I have a habit of hanging up on our guest and then having to recall. But you are the first guest that's uh, inadvertently hung up on us a few times. So congratulations, my friend.
3: I'm glad I'm the first at something.
0: <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> it's, a, it's an all-good man thing.
0: Yeah. It's all good, man. <laughs> yeah. all well, good
3: man. That's right.
0: <laughs> well, Michael, we're definitely glad that you're on the show. I've spent the better part of the off season harassing you on Twitter. You finally responded. We made it happen. Uh, and I'm, I'm absolutely glad to have you here. I'm so glad you came on our, our little podcast to chat with us tonight.
3: Well, thank you so much. You know, we're all so glad of the way you guys have been uh, covering the show. And, um, you know, we really we have no show without people like yourselves to spread the word, to support us, to, you know, give us feedback and to encourage us, encourage us, encourage us. So um, thank you. And I'm very happy to be on the show. Uh, Ray and Patrick have been on this and they told me that it's been a pleasure. And, um, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that I'll
0: find it as pleasurable as they have. Great. I'm so glad to hear that. We also have a special guest in house. We have a, we have a gentleman by the name of Tom. He's a musician from Joliet, Illinois. Dave told him that we were going to speak with you and he thought it'd be interesting. So I hope you don't mind that uh, Tom sitting down and chatting with us today.
3: Absolutely not. Hey Tom, how are you?
2: Not bad. How's it going? Good. What kind of, what kind of instruments you play? Um, mostly just, like, you know, the typical rock stuff. I'm a bass player. Um, I play a little guitar, ukulele, some drums, Um, you know, that kind of thing. Everything. Oh, awesome. Multi-talented. All, all the fun <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> oh, good for you, man. That's great.
1: Yeah, he, we were actually just talking about he, he wrote the theme song that we're going to debut when season two starts. We're debuting a new theme song for our podcast. Tom actually wrote it and played the guitar on it.
3: Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Please guide me in
0: it. Yeah, yes. a- absolutely. We sure will. Um, so before we get talking about season two, which everybody is super excited for, I know Dave and I are pumped. We got a lot of uh, of our listeners that are pumped and excited for us, but I, I just found out that y- you broke your foot.
3: You know what? It's not, a, it's not broken. I'm very, very lucky. I, I thought it was a break because I heard it crack. Oh, but it's cool. just a really bad sprain, and um, I'm just—we're just kind of afraid that there's complications. So I was just at the hospital, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I had to miss—I missed the phone call at first because we got out late. But I think it's just going to be a sprain. The, the X-rays turned out um, positive, but there's nothing broken. So it was just playing soccer. Oh, gotcha.
0: Okay. Well, we're well—we're—we're we're glad that you're all—you're all right. <laughs>
3: no, I feel like <laughs> no, an asshole you. harassing you. you coming out of the,
1: You're trying to get better, and we're like, don't talk to the podcast, damn it. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I told the doctor I had to go. He, he was mid surgery, and I said I can't miss this podcast. <laughs> I <Mid-surgery. laughs> was got <laughs> blood all over me. And <laughs>
1: probably was better this, off if Brian was under anesthesia. But hey, yo,
0: <laughs> his his reaction was probably like, "What's a podcast?" Because <laughs> we run into that a lot. Too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, no, you guys are great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, season two, uh, very excited to see the return. Of Nacho. In the first season, Nacho was a very like mild mannered and stoic character. Like it, it didn't seem like he had a lot of uh fluctuations in his external emotions. So going so season one, when you're creating the character, was there any sort of uh influence or inspiration for how you handled the character of Nacho?
3: Well, I think it was it all came from the text. You know, they they wrote a character who listened a lot. And spoke mm-hmm. very rarely. And when he spoke, it was very to the point. So I think that, that sort of, you, you kind of as an actor have to start understanding, you know, what kind of character, what kind of person, um, listens more than they talk. And, um, what I found really interesting is in the first season, uh, episode three that is called Nacho, there's that interrogation scene and he's, you know, he's pissed as hell and he's about, he wants to rip Jimmy's head off. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do he didn't say anything for, for about two minutes. Yeah. He just listens to Demi going and going to a monologue. And for someone to be so angry and not react for two minutes while the person that he wants to kill walks into the door and just let him go and go and go and go and gather as much information as possible. From from that you kind of uh deduce a character and that's kinda of how Nacho found his spring. But in season two, we get to, um, he finds himself in a very, uh, how do I say, a very dangerous situation. And we <laughs> start, uh, finding, um, cracks in his armor. And we mm-hmm. start seeing his vulnerability. We start seeing his temper. He starts sort of losing control a little bit. And we reveal a little more of his inner, um, inner dilemmas and inner struggles.
1: Awesome, because that means yeah. you get to kind of expand on your acting shops, too, and tap into different sides of the character. That's That must be exciting oh, for you. Oh,
3: absolutely. I mean, it's a slow it's no burn, you know. You don't want to rush it. Right. You don't want to rush in too quick. But um, it's been a blast this season. Stakes are so much higher. The tension is so much higher. We've got a lot going on and um, a lot of storylines crisscrossing. And um, it's just been a blast. We've got some great Breaking Bad Easter eggs. Nice. Our jaws just dropped when we found
0: out who was going to be on the show. Oh man! <laughs> screw you, Dave. <laughs> Michael, uh, two weeks ago, Dave and I were recording our oh, our oh. first official show of the second season, and Dave predicted that nobody yeah. from Breaking Bad would would show up. So, uh, screw you, Dave. That's okay. I, I thought I misheard, <laughs> but yes, okay. Well, we, yeah, we're going to
3: have Easter eggs <laughs> every season. You know, you're going right. to you can't help it. it. It all happens in the same season. I mean, it all happens in the same uh, year, for uh, a city. And it mm. only happened, you know, five, six years before. Mm-hmm. And every season we're getting closer and closer to that moment Saul Goodman met Walter White. Right, right. It's just a matter of time before, you know, God knows who will show up because you just have to. And we also know that Mike at some point has to meet Gus. So mm-hmm. just, there's just so many things. And we know that uh, Jimmy and Nacho, uh, screw up the cartel in one way or another. They're involved in something because, in Breaking Bad, it's revealed that uh, Jimmy puts the, the blame on. He thinks that Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, when they have a gun to his head, they, they, um, Jimmy thinks that it's the cartel. Right. I remember. His line is, "It wasn't me. It was Ignacio. Ignacio did it."
1: Right. Yeah, I
0: remember. So we that. have
3: to get into all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Do you Do you find it difficult that your character wasn't in Breaking Bad, but? Your character is now a major part of the events that lead up to Breaking Bad. So you don't really have like an end game to pull from and create a beginning for. You're, uh, you're kind of going the opposite direction. Is it is it a little bit different process for you than your other uh, cast members because you don't have an end story?
3: Well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely challenging because you don't know where you, you don't. Your character is kind of like a in in my own uh, POV, it's kind of like a wild card. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's fun because it's kind of like a roller coaster ride, and you don't know where it's going to turn, mm-hmm. and you kind of feel that you are living the part, because from you know episode to episode, as they're writing it, they're writing it while we're shooting it, mm-hmm. so you kind of feel that um, you know you're you're sort of writing your own destiny, and you have to be very careful. That's maybe another reason why Nacho is so careful, because uh, the stakes for him are extremely high. And, uh, when you find yourself in a, you know, in a room filled, filled with sharks, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to tread, tread very carefully, but you also want to end up on top and it right. takes a lot of restraint, you know, it takes a lot of restraint to be in this, you know, criminal business and to, to survive for a long time.
0: See, yeah, And that's the thing about Better Call Saul is, uh, we, we all know how pretty much we all know how Saul ends up and it's just a method of getting there so dave and i all last season like every episode we're like oh this this is gonna be it this is gonna be the episode where he's he's officially saw because we didn't even believe jimmy mcgill was his actual name (laughs) (laughs) like we thought that was like a front and uh like just the slow burn of it all you guys do a great job i feel of of not jumping into it too quickly i mean hell it's already been one season and uh Saul Goodman for all intents intents and purposes has only just been hinted at and all the characters are just now getting established.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that goes through the great writing, you know, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold, Thomas Schnauss and Jennifer Hutchinson, Gordon Smith and everybody in that team. They're just such wonderful writers and, you know, they, everything has a meaning. Every word means something. Every pause means something. Every color in your costume means something. And as an actor, it's the greatest treat where you can do all that detective work and try to deduce, you know, what your character's psychology and where you're at, as uh, scene by scene.
1: So, do you have right. any interesting uh, stories about either the audition process or how you found out you got the role? Because so far, between uh, Patrick Fabian, Racy Horn, and Julianne Emery, even the story of like when they found out they were on the show was like hilarious or awkward, or it was something. Just kind of different <laughs> like there's something special about yeah. this group of pr- this production team that just like everybody is like really enjoys and appreciates the experience of even auditioning for or getting the notification that they got the role
3: well i can tell you about my i don't know if this is going to be a funny story but i can t- i mean to me it was sort of uh, heart pounding i don't know how entertaining it's going to be i'll give it a go but <laughs> when i when I when I was um, when I was invited to screen test in front of Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould and Melissa Bernstein in L.A., it was my second time ever in L.A., and I had only been in Los Angeles for about um, maybe a day for interviews <laughs> before video game called Park Cry Three, and yeah. then the second time I ever gone to was um, uh, that day for the screen test, and um, I remember the taxi driver that picked me up at the airport said, you know, he was. He, he was asking me what I did, and I told him I was an actor, and he kept looking back, goes, are you famous? I go, I don't think so, or else you would know who I was. And um, <laughs> he he asked me what I was here for, and I said I was here for a screen test. And he said, you know, they don't fly anybody in for a screen test. You, you must be more than background performer for them to fly you over for a screen test. That's a very, very big deal. You know, you shouldn't take it lightly. And I said, absolutely, I'm not taking it lightly at all. And then pressure started building from there and then my agent called and said, Whatever you do, don't be late And I said, Absolutely <laughs> not. And I didn't know about LA traffic. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know and I I googled the thing the night before and I said, Okay, taxi driver's got some pressure on. My agent told me no don't be late, she reminded me about two, three times. And I Google it the night before it says, you know, about 15 minutes from the hotel.
1: Yeah, it's like three hours. The day that I
3: leave, I'm about 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes late and I'm still in the car and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm never going to get a shot at this. And when I get to the uh, Sony uh, studios and I run it first time ever on the Sony line and I'm running, you know, on that paved uh, brick road that was in uh, Wizard of Oz. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of unreal. And I, I look to the right, and I see Bill Murray in a golf cart. And I just can't believe it. I, I can't believe that this is actually happening. And I run through the door, and I, I, I go through this glass um, a building, and I ask, I tell the woman who I am, and I'm here to audition. And she points me in the direction of the cafeteria. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I pass by the cafeteria. I go past the cafeteria, past the kitchen, and there's just this like, little tiny door. At the corner of the in the Sony lot, it looks like a place where you would put like like the door looks like a place where you would put like the brooms and the, the cleaning products or yeah, the something like that. closet. It's just a little unassuming door Sorry?
1: Oh, like the supply closet. What's that? Oh, I was saying the supply closet.
3: Yeah, it looked like exactly. It looked just like that, and 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 there was nobody there. It was just chairs and a little red light. And I said to myself, oh, God, this is probably a casting call. You know, there's probably not going to be anybody there. Uh And I'm just waiting around for like 10, 15 minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm probably at the wrong place and I'm panicking like crazy. Suddenly the lights goes off and this younger gentleman walks out who probably just had an audition and looks like he's had the worst time of his life. Uh (laughs) And walks out and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into? Next? And then a few minutes later, Vince Gilligan walks out, and I was surprised on how tall he was, and he was the nicest guy I've ever met. Huh. And um, he gives me a hug, welcomes me, then Peter cool, Melissa Brink, they all walk out, and I and I quickly realized, they're the nicest people I've ever met.
1: Huh. And
3: everything from there goes uh, really well.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> that's an awesome
3: <laughs> that's story. My, uh, that's my uh, screencast.
0: Uh. <laughs> no, that... They had everything. They had suspense, action, Bill Murray in a golf cart. (laughs) That's that's about as good as a story as you could have told. It
3: was scary because you'd imagine, I don't know, you'd imagine like, you know, bigger than life people. Right. And it's just their art is bigger than life. But as people, they're very genuine, very uh, loving and grounded and, um, you know, unassuming. And I've learned a lot working with these guys.
0: Well, that's great, uh, you know, and that's what everybody says too. Everybody that we speak with say that, uh, say uh, that the producers as such, like the the, the whole team or the whole, uh, I, fuck it, I guess the whole production, <laughs> the whole production team, are, are, is just made up of the nicest people that you could possibly imagine, and that makes working on a series like Better Call Saul so much more, uh, so much more easy.
3: Oh yeah, and we've got an amazing crew. You know, not enough credit can be given to our crew. We just, I mean, our props department kind of calls us out and says, you know, like, um, you know, last episode you did it with your right hand or your right hand is left. They, they'll they come in and they'll they will they, they'll participate into the, the, the creation wow. of the character. Yeah, oh, deep. yeah, Jennifer Bryan, our costume designer. I mean, we have talks about these things. And everybody gets their input and everybody's working together. And our DOP, Arthur Albert, it, it really is a family. I mean, it's just amazing. That's awesome. And to and we we shoot in the same studio as they shot Breaking Bad.
0: Oh, nice. Let's see consistency all around, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? I said consistency all around.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. From bottom to, to top, top to bottom, and Charlie Collier runs AMC. I mean, everybody, really, really. We had Warren Buffett come visit us the other day.
0: Oh wow! Oh no shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a trip.
2: So now do you just show so up late whenever you feel like it? Cause there's no more pressure or
0: <laughs>
2: that's that? I said, do you show up late now whenever you feel like it? Cause the pressure's gone or
3: <laughs> no, not at all. I, I've never showed up late to anything, but I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that this LA traffic thing was such a big deal. Oh yeah. And it just like, added did like 20 minutes to the trip.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I interned in uh, LA for uh, eight months and uh, I was 45 miles from the studio and it was a two and a half hour commute at the minimum. Oh my God! It was, it, oh yeah, it, it's nuts. It was just turned off into a goddamn bridge and bunkment kind of uh, strenuous. yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, at least you strenuous. had
3: an excuse. I think, I think that I think that 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 adrenaline rush helped me out in the audition room because <laughs> I came in, I was so wired up, you know, being late, <laughs> running up in the studio, and it, my heart was pounding. I was like a hundred miles an hour the moment I walked in there. So maybe I was lucky <laughs> that I was late. Maybe that right. helped in getting the part.
0: Right, it it put you in the right state of mind.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, you know, adrenaline to the max. I'll never
2: forget, I Uh, had one time I was on TV, I had someone um, give me a chance to play some bass on this song that they had. They're like, all right, you know, we got to be here downtown, the NBC station. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I went to bed like super early. I I go to bed at 4 in the morning. I'm a musician. I play late. And uh, I went to bed at like midnight, which is like going to bed at like 6 o'clock for most people, you know? I set my alarm, I had my phone alarm set, all this stuff is. I had my lunch packed, I had my clothes set out. And uh, all of a sudden I kind of wake up and I'm like, oh, what time up the clock? I had 15 minutes to be downtown Chicago, which in the morning is like, you know, an hour and 15 minutes from where I live. I'm like, oh my God, I jumped up, I was freaking out. my, my, my wife's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And she sees the clock, oh my God, I'm like, that's it. That's it, I can't make it, I'm not gonna make it. I took a shower, she ironed my clothes, I didn't need anything I had people calling me all the way there the parking garage the address was wrong there was no parking I had to park somewhere else I'm carrying all my gear had my amp my base my like cable bag I'm dragging all this around downtown in January like like a a lost dog and the security guard walks outside he's like hey man are you uh are you late? I'm like, Yeah, I'm like about 45 minutes late, you know? So I rush in there. I'm freaking out. I'm like sweating. I'm like packing up stuff. Everybody is just kind of hanging out. They're like, yeah, we got like 15 minutes still. We kind of just, you know, made sure that you were here an hour ahead of time. I'm like, oh my
3: God. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. You got lucky. Yeah. I'm very lucky. No, but, it, you know, I think whatever, I think the, the, the lesson to that is, you know, whatever situation you find yourself in, keep your head, you know, keep your cool. And, um, yeah, I think th- keep your cool. Be more like, like Nacho. So I, I, Full I, circle, I, baby. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought the world was going to end, you know, but I didn't beat myself up. I didn't, I just stayed positive throughout the whole the whole thing. And trust me, like ten ten fifteen 10, minutes in a cab ride, knowing that you're late, it could feel like an hour. Every, oh, yeah. You're looking at your clock and every minute feels like, oh my God, what am I doing? And you start thinking like, I'm never going to get this part. What did I do? And then the taxi driver's voice kind of echoes in my head. I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> well, Michael, we're
0: we're gonna. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Yeah, I, I I just wanted to thank you again for coming on our podcast. I I don't want to keep you too long. You're you're a busy man, but it's an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, it's all good, man. Uh, we we hope uh, we get to speak to you again in the future. And uh, before I let you go. I have a buddy who calls himself a boy named Sue that wanted nothing more than a shout out from Michael Mando. So, is there any chance that you can say hi to a boy named Sue? Absolutely, hi a boy named Sue. And <laughs> I hope
3: you're doing wonderful and uh, sending you much love.
0: That's awesome. That's that's totally gonna make his day. Uh, I've had an absolutely awesome time chatting with you. Uh, me and Dave have been super pumped for the uh, for like the past week. That's and we're, right. we're, super ex- we're super excited about uh, Better Call Saul Season 2 starting February 15th on AMC. Thank you so much for coming on at Saul Goodman.
3: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you, Michael. You have a wonderful evening.
3: Thank you. You too. Cheers.
1: This episode of Nothing Important is brought to you by First Base and Beyond, the hilarious new book that defines the bases and expands the baseball metaphor for getting laid. A perfect gift for the holidays, bachelor parties, or just to have around to settle debates. Ever wonder what getting to third base really means? Get First Base and Beyond by going to www.firstbaseandbeyond.com That's firstbaseandbeyond.com Some of the proceeds also go to Save the Tatas, firstbaseandbeyond.com Copywritten by Brian of the Nothing Important Podcast. Is Michael still there? Did he hang up? No, he hung up. That was a real, real, a real goodbye? Not that fake that goodbye? was a real
0: one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell him about the fake closing, but...
1: Oh, see? So, because the last guest... I stopped him before he could hang up. I felt like kind of a dick. And then I go back to where you sent me your WAV file, and I hear you explaining how we're going to do a fake closing, so now I'm going to feel like a super (laughs) asshole. So this time, I don't say anything, assuming you told him about the fake goodbye, and you didn't tell him about the fake goodbye. This is crappy organization. (laughs) Who's got to crack the whip around here? (laughs) And that's how we do it on this podcast.
0: (laughs) And that's how we do it on this podcast. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, so that was our talk with Michael Mando. Uh, we're going into season two. We're only about as we record this. What Dave? Like a couple weeks away, about a week and a half, right?
1: We are ten days.
0: That's right. And remember, nice. just like nine last
2: days. ten days,
0: a week, nine days, le- eleven days, eleven days. Yep. Just, eleven days. Just like last year, will <laughs> we and Dave will just like last year, Dave and I, we're going to go ahead and watch a show, and we're your buddies on the couch. We're turning on the microphones right after. That's we're right. going to record our thoughts our impressions, we're going to put that out for you. We're going to do the whole preview with a prior thing again this year towards the end of the week when we watch the previews and give our, how do you phrase it, Dave? Give our, we speculate about the next episode of Better Call Saul.
1: We speculate about the next episode of Better Call Saul.
0: Often incorrectly. (laughs) Often incorrectly. (laughs) But again, just like last year, there's thousands. I know this for a fact. There's tens of thousands of you out there that listen to every episode of this. So just like last year, I need you guys to participate. Twitter, Facebook, email, talk shit. Our website at sawgoodmen.com. Talk shit. Graffiti. To...
2: Bathroom graffiti. graffiti.
0: God. Carrier damn. pigeon. If you if you wanna if you wanna debate another fan on the show, we have the equipment. We can make that happen, right, Dave? That is right. It sounded sword so That is absolutely correct. Ben in Australia, I don't know where the hell have you been, but you better check in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And then we also got some other notable people, Zach, uh, down in, uh, Zach in Albuquerque who was sending us pictures of the sets last year. Yep. You better check in. And then of course my buddies on the OG, fuck the OG. And, uh, we're excited and ready to go. Right, Dave?
1: We are
0: excite. We are ready rett- exactly. to go. So check out our sponsors, West Coast Project, First Base Beyond, Tugboat Coffee, uh, Cuban Soraka from the Pepper Jelly Company. Check them all out. Check out it's all Participate, and we'll talk to you next week. Dave? Call us
1: idiots. Call us geniuses. Idiots, geniuses. Oh, whatever, just call us. You better call us